We're going to have a lot of people that thought these people would be there and they're not going to be in heaven. People that joined the church and got membership in the church for years and years and years, but they never ever were born again of the Holy Spirit. In order to get into the kingdom of God, not in confirmation or baptism or first communion, only in Jesus Christ, period, can we enter into the kingdom of God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are so glad to have you along today for our continuing series in Mark's Gospel. Today, as we ponder how Jesus welcomed a group of kids into his inner circle, you'll get a challenge to consider if you have the childlike faith to truly commune with Christ. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio to see that Jesus wants a real relationship with you, not just your church attendance. Now let's listen as Raul Reese begins in Mark chapter 10, verse 13. He says, And then they brought little children to him, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Here is Jesus talking about marriage and divorce. And because he knows that these guys have a lot of pride, he does what? They bring these little children to him. And the people that bring them to him, they begin to rebuke the little children. And Jesus gets upset. But when Jesus saw it, He was greatly displeased and said unto them, he rebukes them. Notice, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. You see, if anybody wants to get into the kingdom of God, they have to become what? Like a child, innocent, humble. You see, now this is also where the Jews... The parents used to bring their children at one year of age and bring them to the rabbis and the rabbis would touch them and give them a blessing. They would pray for a blessing. What we do here on Sunday mornings, according to the book of 1 Samuel, when Hannah had Samuel, what did she do? She went back up to the temple and she dedicated Samuel back to the Lord and left Samuel in the temple. And so what we do is baby dedications. What we do here is we bring the children up and the family up and the parents bring their children and we pray for them and we dedicate them unto the Lord so that as they grow up, they will also come to a place where they have to be born again of the Holy Spirit. But it's a good testimony to your family not to baptize your children but to dedicate them to the Lord. That's why we don't baptize infants. It's not biblical. We dedicate them to the Lord. And so here Jesus rebukes them because He wants the children to come unto Him because to get into the kingdom of God, you have to become like a little child. Then look what else He says. Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter into it. He's just real... Blunt about it. If anybody cannot humble themselves and become like a little child, he'll never go to heaven. Never. Never can get in. To me it's amazing how many people are kept from the kingdom of God because of tradition. My grandparents and my great-grandparents have done this and we've been Catholics and we've been Baptists and we've been Methodists and we've been this and been that. So what? Who cares? 
The Bible says you have to be born again of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you have to become humbled. You have to humble yourselves in the presence of God. You have to commit your life to Christ. You have to have faith in Christ to be born again of the Holy Spirit. Then He can give you eternal life. And you can share with others. That's why there's going to be a great disappointment in heaven, I think. When we get to heaven, we're going to have a lot of people that thought these people would be there and they're not going to be in heaven. People that were religious, people that joined the church and got membership in the church for years and years and years, but they never ever were born again of the Holy Spirit. They're not going to be there. We can't put our trust and confidence in the church or church membership. You see, we got to put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ, period. In order to get into the kingdom of God, not in confirmation or baptism or first communion or anything else. Not even the seven sacraments. Only in Jesus Christ, period, can we enter into the kingdom of God. The Bible says there's no mediator between God and men but the man Christ Jesus. There's no salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12. You see? Mary has nothing to do with it. And some people will believe in Allah. God. Well, what God are you talking about? They say, well, the, talk, the God of the Christians, the God of the Jews. No. And it's so heavy because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to me unless you come through who? Through the Father. You come through Jesus Christ to get to the Father. And everybody's always trying to get to God without going through Jesus Christ. You will make it. It's an impossibility. You can't make it through works. You say, well, what about a person then that is so good and so kind and they give money and they do all these good works? Sorry. Unless you're born again of the Holy Spirit. You'll never get into the kingdom of God. Jesus said that. You see? We have to be very careful that we don't try to push people into the kingdom of God. That we allow God. Why? Because not one of us ever, ever came to Jesus Christ unless what? The Holy Spirit brought conviction to our hearts. And unless the work of the Holy Spirit is convicting people's hearts, they will never be born again of the Holy Spirit. Never. We can't convert anybody. It is the Holy Spirit that converts people. He's the only one that can bring people to Jesus Christ. That's why it's important to pray for people. To soften their hearts and come to Christ. Then look what else he teaches in verse 17 through 31. He says, Now as he was going out onto the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So here's a good example. He's walking, they're going on their way to Jerusalem to the cross. And this rich man comes along, young guy, about 20. And he kneels down and says, Oh, master, good teacher, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Good question. Notice this, good question here. Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. Literally what Jesus is saying, Hey, you either say that I am God or I am not God. What are you saying? Am I just a good teacher or am I God? Of course it's God. Make up your mind. It seems from the story that this young man 
had been in Sunday school all his life. All his life. He knew the Ten Commandments. Watch what he says. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. That's the second table of the law. And he answered and said, The teacher, all these things I kept from my youth. Hey, I went to Sunday school. I know those things. I heard them. How many people have you known that have been in Sunday school? And they memorize scriptures. And they heard all the stories of the Old Testament. And today, those young little kids, which today are adults, are in the world totally lost. Totally lost. Just because you have a knowledge, it doesn't mean you're going to be in the kingdom of God. It's a heart issue. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, know your hearts. Jeremiah 79. You see? Look what Jesus said to him. And he answered and said to him, Jesus, teacher, all these things have I kept since my youth. And then Jesus said, looking around and loved him. Notice Jesus didn't rebuke him. He loved him. And he said to him, look son, one thing you lack. Go and sell. Notice, go your way and sell whatever you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and take up your cross and follow me. He calls him to a full commitment. But where does he test him? Where his pocket is. You see? Go get rid of your money. I don't think that Jesus really wanted him to get rid of the money. He wanted to see his heart. How many people at times you hear people say, Oh man, if you come to Christ, you got to leave it all. That's not true. Jesus will test you in the thing that is your God. You see why? Because in Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. This young man was rich. And his problem was money and power. You see? And so Jesus said, okay, you want to follow me? Go get rid of all your money. Give it to the poor. And let's see what happens. And then come and follow me. And take up your cross. Verse 22. But he was sad at this word. And went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Notice that. You see, when it came down to it. He didn't want to be a follower of Christ. He thought more about money. Than his relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, when Jesus says, if you love your father or your brother or your sister, your husband, your wife, more than me, you're not worthy of me. He's not saying you're to hate them. To love less, it means Christ has to be first. And if Jesus is first, you're going to love your wife. You're going to love your father, your mother, your brother, your son, your daughter. But they can't be first. Christ has to be first. This young man, money was his first possession. You see? And that's why Jesus hit him right in the heart. He loved them. He said, go sell everything you have. Go give it away. And then come follow me. Take up your cross. And then Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. I mean, I know there's a lot of millionaires that are Christians. But how many people do you know that have a lot of money that are really fully committed to God? Very few. Possessions, money, man, power. It's very hard when you got it all. When you don't like anything. You see? And Jesus knew that. How hard it is for those who have riches... 
to get into the kingdom of God. Notice, and then the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said unto them, Look, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? And then he gives an illustration. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They said, man, what are you talking about, Jesus? Well, if you're not an Eastern, you don't understand that. When you go to to Jerusalem, you go to the East, you see these entrances, they're very low. And a camel would have to get on his knees. And they would have to pull him through the eye of a needle or through the gate of the needle, it's called. Pulling him through. But literally here... Jesus is not talking about that gate, the camel's gate. He's literally talking about a sewing needle. Do you know how hard it is to put the actual thread to the needle? It's hard. So what is he saying? He's saying that it's impossible for people to get into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he was literally talking about that needle. Nobody, it's an impossibility to take a camel and put him through the eye of a needle. It's an impossibility. Which means what? Salvation is impossible without Christ. You see? Salvation is impossible without Jesus. You can't get in unless you come to Jesus. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Be sure to download our free app for round-the-clock access to Bible-based resources that will guide and support your journey with the Lord Jesus. You can also reach us anytime at 800-634-9165 and visit us at somebodylovesyou.com. Now let's rejoin Raul. Verse 26, And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Then, who then can be saved? Whoa! (laughs) Who then can be saved? Check it out. Verse 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. I love that. How? It's divine. It's the Holy Spirit that draws me to Jesus Christ. The conviction of my sin that brought me to Christ. You see? Every one of us. If there's no conviction in your life, then there's no true repentance, and there's no true salvation. When a person truly, divinely, has the Holy Spirit in his or her life, there is going to be conviction. There is going to be change in their lives. If not, it's religion. And it's not a relationship. That's why I'm amazed so many times how people can sit here in the church and live together in sexual sin and do this and do that, even smoke joints and then come to church and praise the Lord and sing the songs and read the Bible and not have conviction. Well, probably, maybe you have been born born again of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're just religious. We make choices. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. He talks to our hearts. And it's a real child of God. Yes, I have borders that I cannot cross. I don't want to get as close as I can to the cliff. I want to stay as far as the way I can from the cliff line. Because if I get too close, I may slip. You see? I don't want to take chances. I want to be as far away as I can. I don't want to tempt God. I want to make sure that I'm right with God. Then he says in verse 28... And then Peter began to say to him, Hey, look, Jesus. He's pretty bummed out. He says, Look, I left everything to follow you. What am I going to get? <laughs> Typical Peter. 
Hey, Lord, we left everything. What are we going to get? Thinking of themselves again. So Jesus answered and said, Surely, I say to you, there is no one that has left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospel. How many times do you hear missionaries say, I'm leaving all for Jesus. Oh, be careful. No, you don't leave anything. You gain everything when you leave. You're going to gain more than you leave. Jesus is the one that calls you. He's the one that puts the burden in your heart. And then what? look what he says. This is so cool. If you really obeyed God's command, then what's going to happen to you? Verse 30. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions. And notice, and in the end of the world, eternal life. That's what Christ will give to you. You don't lose anything. You gain everything when you give everything to Jesus Christ. Everything. You see? You gain more than you have. And then he said this, But many who are first will be last, and those that are last will be first. Pretty heavy. There are going to be people in heaven that never preached, never did anything. Remember, they were in a bed praying the whole lifetime. They were paralyzed. And they were fully committed to God. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. They may be the first ones in line in heaven. And I probably be way at the end of the line. Because I feel that I've received so many blessings from God already. So much. God's given to me. I could just, if I get to heaven, that's cool enough with me. I feel, man, God's used my life tremendous in this world. I've done so much for God. That I feel like when I get to heaven, hey, whatever God has for me, that's cool. I'm not complaining. You see, it's so good to know who you are and what you're doing for Christ. And to know that if you were to die today, you could go to heaven and not have any regrets, no regrets at all in your life. That's good to have. So Jesus here teaches a great lesson. Then he says in verse 31, Again, but many who are first shall be last and last first. And then in verse 32, 45, he's going to teach us now about servanthood. And now, when they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, Jesus was going before them and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them things that would happen to him. So here is Jesus pouring out his heart to them. They're going up to Jerusalem. Jesus already knows when he gets to Jerusalem, man, it's over. It's going to be tough. And their mentality, they're not born again yet. Their mentality, as Jesus begins to speak to them, verse 33. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed by the, to the chief priests, to the scribes, And they will condemn Him to death and deliver Him to the Gentiles. And then they will mock Him and scorch Him and spit on Him and kill Him. On the third day He will rise again. Now he is pouring his heart out. They're thinking when we go to Jerusalem, we're going to get grown and expose them and kick them out of the country. And we're going to defeat them. And Jesus will sit on a throne and then we will sit on 12 thrones and we will rule. They were thinking of greatness when Jesus Christ was speaking of death. You see? Look what else he says. And then James, verse 35, as he spills his guts to them. And then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said, in the other gospel, it says they sent their mother. And said, teacher, we want you to do us a favor. He said, what is that? 
He said unto them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said, Hey, grant to us that we may sit one on your right hand and one on your left and in your glory. Notice what they were thinking. Here Jesus is filling his heart to them and they're thinking about greatness. Greatness. Man, John, I want to sit on the right. Well, I want to sit on the left. Forget the other ten. They can sit in the back. <laughs> but they were thinking the same thing. You'll see in a moment. Watch Jesus, verse 38. But Jesus said unto them, Don't you know what you're asking for? Are you able to drink of the cup, the cross, that I will drink of? And be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized? And they said, Yes, we are. They didn't even understand. Sure. We'll die with you. When Jesus went to Jerusalem, and they arrested him before they killed him, what were they doing? They were running for their lives. They scattered. Imagine that. So Jesus said unto them, You will indeed drink of the cup that I drink. Oh yeah, you will die one day. And notice, and with the baptism that I am baptized with, you will be baptized. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be killed. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is already prepared. The Father already has those that are going to sit there. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. They said, did you see John and James? What a bunch of flakes. <laughs> they were thinking the same thing. Hey, I wish I could sit on the right and one on the left. And Jesus called them unto himself and said unto them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them. And their great one exercised authority over them. He's talking now about lording over people. He says the Gentiles are always lording over people. Don't lord it over anybody. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, notice, needs to become what? Your slave. Uh oh. That's not good. If you want to be great, wash my feet. That's what Jesus is saying. Be a servant. The way up is the way down. Start at the bottom. And God works the way, you know, God will work your life up. You don't try to get to the top by yourself. The only way you get to the top is through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that is by serving, giving of yourself, not taking from people and using people. Being a servant. We hope today's message has challenged you to completely surrender to Jesus and follow Him in humble servanthood. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, simply ask for Raul's teaching from Mark 10, verses 13 through 52. For more inspiration to walk closely with Christ, we'd like to tell you about Rawls' book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. Bringing Rawls' Vietnam War experience into the realm of spiritual battle, this resource will show you how to triumph in the mighty name of Jesus. You'll see that when you're armed with the Holy Spirit's strength and the wisdom of God's Word, you can face all of life's trials and temptations. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' book titled Victory, Overcoming Our Enemies. 
We'll send your copy for a gift of $14 plus shipping and handling. Our number again is 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Well, the world is changing at a blinding pace, and it can be hard to get a biblical perspective on national and world events and how they impact the church. But now you can get that. Straight Talk is a program that streams live on our YouTube channel every Tuesday. In a Q&A format, Roll Reese answers common questions that Christians have about what's going on and what the Bible has to say about it. Join Roll for Straight Talk every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. You can find a link to that YouTube channel when you visit us at somebodylovesyou.com. Thank you so much for partnering with us to keep these Bible-based programs on the air. Every contribution you make is tax-deductible. We invite you to join us again next time as we press on in our study of Mark's Gospel. As we consider Christ's triumphant final entrance into Jerusalem, we'll see how the timing and details of this occasion firmly establish God's saving goodness and sovereign power. Here's Roll once again with a closing comment. Verse 44, And whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. Notice that. I came to serve you and to give my life for you. And that is the heart of a shepherd, a true shepherd, not thinking of himself. The thinking of others. That's Jesus. I am falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.